0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Offscript. I'm Connor Peters, he's Eric Miner, and we're here talking Game of Thrones. Let's go. Eric, we are less than two months away from season 8 premiere. A lot to talk about. We've been re-watching season 1, and we just want to kind of discuss that, make sure we have all the best episodes discussed, all our favorite characters and such. Uh, so we're really excited moving forward. Um, guys, just to make sure you're aware, if you have not already done so... Please subscribe to us on Apple uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Um, Eric also has gotten some great articles so far on OffscriptOnline.com. Eric, thank you for those. They've been fantastic. Anytime. <laughs> Always fun talking about Game of Thrones. Exactly. Uh, it's mainly Game of Thrones right now. We are going to get into more movie season. Um, we actually just had an article hit. Uh, you're going to be listening to this on Monday, uh, February 25th. And we had an article come out today as well. It's on Theon Greyjoy. Eric did it again. Another work of art. He also had one on Sansa. I did one on Bran. So make sure to go check those out. Uh, and then, of course, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, for all Script online needs. So um, Today, though, we're going to be covering Game of Thrones Season 1. Uh, Eric, anything you want to let everybody know before we jump in? Uh, just in case anybody doesn't know, The new season comes out April 14th, I believe, Connor. That's right. Uh, So you've got a little less than two months to
1: rewatch every season, every single episode, uh, or realistically follow along with us as we recap all the fun parts for you.
0: Or if you've never seen it before, jump in now. This is a great time to get going and get caught up on all things Game of Thrones because everyone at your office is going to be talking about this come April. So, or
1: you know March Madness but well, this is fun
0: too yeah that's that's fair alright touche <laughs> hopefully right Eric that's right <laughs> hopefully we are but uh, thank you guys for listening today please enjoy and like I said make sure to subscribe and let us know what you think thank you <laughs> the off script Game of Thrones edition we are so excited to be here you excited to be here Eric
1: Absolutely.
0: Thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, make sure to subscribe. Thank you though for all the Game of Thrones people that are listening. Uh, we have just a few months left and we want to jump right into season one today. Uh, so me and Eric, we've watched the season multiple times, but we took a deep dive into the past uh, first season actually, and then we're going to do every season going forward leading up to the premiere of season eight. Uh, now, Eric, First off, uh, what were your thoughts when you just kind of were rewatching it? And I just want to talk, I guess, about the game uh, within Game of Thrones. Um, do you want to just talk about what you saw?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, Game of Thrones, for the epic tale of it, it kind of starts off like you'd expect a lot of other tales. You've got the, the Starks, who you think are, are the best, the protagonists, uh, the good guys, if you will, uh, pitted against the... The Lannisters, who are, uh, they're not in charge yet, but they're kind of the sneaky the uh, family lying in wait, just waiting to pounce. Um, and Game of Thrones really takes us by surprise, because you, you realize very quickly that there's a game that's played here uh, that the Lannisters and everyone at King's Landing is very good at. Uh, but anyone from the North, just, they haven't bought the board game yet. They haven't <laughs> read the instructions. They don't know what's going on. Uh, So, it very quickly becomes, we see through the eyes of Ned, that you have, on the one hand, Varys, Peter, the rest of the small council, the Lannisters, really anybody in King's Landing, uh, who's, they, they tell you one thing, but they've got their secret, and you have Ned, who's all about honor and truth, justice, and being a man and standing up for what you believe in, and he quickly realizes that he's... He he's gone, He showed up to a gunfight with a knife. I mean, <laughs> he he's out he's
0: a fish out of water there. Yeah, I love love your description there too cuz the Starks the first time you see them they're this perfect little family where you have all the little cute kids, you know, the the boys or even like Theons in there. Um they're all just having fun shooting arrows out in the courtyard. You know, just typical things you do when you're growing up. <laughs> um Yeah, you know, have
1: dire wolves. <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, but then things do turn uh, south for him, no pun intended. Uh, wow, I'm happy I, I pulled that one off. But wow. with, with, the, with Game of Thrones, uh, what I was most impressed by was the level, level of political intrigue from the first episode all the way through the last episode in the first season. Uh, I mean, that the show I always thought was just about medieval you know, dragons and direwolves. I mean, nothing like exciting. I was like, Oh Lord of the Rings probably better. And then after I watched it, I'm like, actually it's about people communicating with each other and how to interact with someone else who you might be competing with for power. Oh.
1: Absolutely. It's really, it's really a really a series about psychology, just under, yeah. understanding the human psyche, how we make decisions, how we judge people, um, and really seeing how you may think of, one thing about a character by season one, but and spoiler alert for an article: uh, by the end of season seven, you may have multiple tattoos of them all over your body.
0: <laughs> Spo- I was waiting. I was waiting for you to say spoiler alert. I have uh, a direwolf on my back.
1: <laughs> well, you know we all we all know. Connor Peters, aka super fan Joffrey Baratheon. <laughs> if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen that photo, look up UVA superfan Joffrey Baratheon.
0: Yeah, I've got a, a image. I've got a picture Connor of Peter. Joffrey Baratheon on my face all the time, so that's nice. Of there all the of all the characters too, um, <laughs> but Eric, I want to jump right in now. Uh, so we, I actually really like season one. Uh, I I didn't. I'll be honest, I wasn't looking forward, I guess, to re-watching season one because it's kind of like the first Harry Potter movie or, you know, first Batman Begins. That's not the one that you're really most excited about. You want to get to the meat, the bones, you know, later on. And uh, what I really liked about season one is how it just starts off but grows into something more with each episode. Uh, we get a little bit more from each character, learn something about them. Like Arya, for example, wants to be a soldier and a fighter. Compared to Sansa, who wants to be a proper lady and uh, you know wants to raise Joffrey's children and be queen, yada yada yada. Uh, but with all the characters in mind, what character did you grow most attached to in that first season?
1: So, I mean, hands down, I pick. I, I'm a fan of Jon Snow. Uh, he's right away. I mean. You know, Ned Stark has sold us as the main protagonist, who's honorable, but anybody who has who's wondering, okay, what's going on here, you might have a feeling that he's going. But I love Jon Snow. You know, the poor guy, he's he's beloved by most of the Starks, not Catelyn, of course, um, but he's, he's got this last name Snow, which in the North means that you're a bastard. Uh, it's like in all the different regions, all the bastards, since they don't technically have a... You know, if their parents weren't married, they just have whatever name is of the region. Like uh uh
0: something like sand yeah. or Dorn. Dorn is sand. Uh, I'm trying to think uh what I know the the Riverlands I think is just like rivers.
1: Yeah, something like that. Uh yeah. Very descriptive. sand, <laughs> rivers, snow, fire.
0: Raw uh, uh, stone for the mountains.
1: Yeah, you know. Um Poor John, you know, he's right away, he's even made fun of by Theon the Ward uh, when they find the Direwolves' the family, and he sees the, the run to the litter, and that's his dire wolf ghost. Um, but even still, he's a good big brother to Bran. Bran loves him. Arya loves him. Uh, he and Rob are like best of friends. Um, and all he's really trying to do is find his place in the world. He's never going to be king of Winterfell, or king of the North, um, but he thinks he sees his Uncle Benjamin in the Night's Watch and thinks, oh, that's a really honorable thing. I'm going to defend the realm. And decides to join a bunch of men who have swore off being with women and being amongst the rest of
0: society. I mean, good luck to you. <laughs> not, not as exciting as it looked from the outside. <laughs> uh, I do like in, not to skip ahead, but I do like in season two. There's a comment in season three early on where uh, one of the characters says, they tell you about glory and honor. They never tell you about shoveling. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> um, you know, it's a, I, I wouldn't want to be a priest like that. And I wouldn't want to be a man of the night's watch.
0: So. Exactly. <laughs> so enjoy everyone else. Um, but. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, what John, char- what
1: yes, character are you most attached to?
0: Yeah, I love Jon's great character. Uh great pick. I was uh, most attached to Tyrion because you know he's clearly the black sheep of the family. But he's very smart. Uh he's very not saying I'm the black sheep of my family. I don't want to make that clear. <laughs> uh but definitely not. He, he's really intelligent. Uh he makes a lot of jokes. He spends a lot of time spending money uh, on, you know, wine, women. You know, he overall He's living a pretty easy life, uh, and at the same time, though he he does care for uh, even all the Starks. I like when he goes back to Winterfell in the third episode, and he takes—I'm uh, uh, sorry—the fourth episode actually—and he takes the instructions for uh, Bran to be able to ride a horse when he finds out that he fell from the tower. And he says he likes taking care of cripples, bastards, and broken things. Mm-hmm. And That's a great.
1: Yeah, that's a great little line. And it's even uh and there there's an interesting quote even all the way in the first season, like talk your point about he may you know, he's actually kind of brand. He may be the best friend that the Starks have. Like he yeah. he's got good advice for John where he says, Never forget what you are, where like armor and the world can never use it against you.
0: Yes. All dwarves are all dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes.
1: Yeah. I mean, what
0: honest advice? Unfortunate, but very honest. <laughs> yeah, very. And I do, I do love that where he says, "Then they can never, you know, then they can never use it against you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he has a very firm understanding of where he is in this world. Uh, he knows who he is. He knows what his role is. Um, but then, as the season goes on, then of course, uh, and we'll talk about this. I know probably in probably in a few minutes here. Um, but it becomes even more tragic than what happens to his character. as he's helped the Starks out the whole time and they don't repay him back nearly as well as they probably should. Um, Oh yeah. But yeah. So uh, just moving on from that. So game of Thrones, we, there are a lot of characters that you like. Um, and you guys, if, especially if you haven't seen the show, please go watch it. Cause you do grow attached to multiple characters, but then on the reverse, there are characters that you just despise. Uh, Eric, what character did you want dead as soon as possible from this season? well for me there is but one answer and only one
1: answer and that is the little teenage tyrant that is Joffrey Baratheon I shouldn't say
0: Joffrey Lannister well at what, um, at what moment were you completely sold that you're like I want him gone
1: man um, as soon as I saw his face is that, is that too early <laughs> Eric um, we're friends
0: man come on you just said I look like the guy <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you don't smirk like him.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. I don't have that (laughs) down.
1: I mean, there's, I mean, there's lots of moments. There's early on where uh, he's he's talking with Cersei, and like season three, for instance. Or no, let me take a step back. Episode two, where basically Arya is dueling with that kid. And Joffrey goes, and Arya basically beats him up, and he basically, he basically forces the uh, lady to be killed, at least, you know, he wants some punishment. So, you know, Robert points out how embarrassing it is, that he's a little, he, he got beat up by, what, a ten-year-old girl, <laughs> and yet right. there's still gotta, there's still gotta be some punishment for it, and so, you know, Arya gets her direwolf to leave, but Santa loses hers, like, that's terrible.
0: I uh I'll I'll back you up on that. The one thing with Joffrey and I think the moment that really got me just irritated with him was uh when he gets on the throne. And at that point Ned shows up and he just starts shrieking, Kill them all and You're like, Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. This kid's awful. Like, let's let's dump him. <laughs> he's I mean he's
1: he's the worst. I mean, you know, he talks with his mother about how you know, he, he hates the fact that the Starks are even with them. I mean, he's he's yeah. just terrible to Santa. Like he's only kind to her when when Ned's around and alive and he has power. I mean uh, he's, he's terrible.
0: Yeah. Well he's like I give my lady a necklace, and you're like, Oh, okay, maybe maybe we'll be redeemable. And nope, never mind. <laughs> Rubb like, pulled up from no. under you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I uh just so I'm not, we'll talk more about Joffrey going forward. I I know, because um, it only gets better from here. But in season one, particular, uh, the character that I personally hated as I mean so much was uh, Viserys Targaryen. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, early on, one he's super creepy around his sister, and we learned that it turns out getting with your sister is not highly frowned upon in westeros i don't know why uh thank you george for making this world (laughs) enjoy everyone but yeah he's he's creepy around her and then not only that he's obsessed with getting a quote-unquote army so he can invade westeros and what he doesn't understand is no army he gets is going to listen to him i mean he's crazy so, oh yeah, I mean
1: they they talk about you know all the dragons have left the world, and he says he's the last remaining dragon. uh no, it skips it skips a sibling
0: <laughs> i uh I do like when he's in the bath with the one girl, and he's talking about all the different dragons, and one of them he's like I can't remember the exact name, but he has this really high voice, and you're like, "Oh, my gosh, get this rid of this guy." And then she makes a comment to him, basically like, "You know, are you a dragon?" And he's like, "Of course!" And then like hits her. You're like, oh, "Okay, all right, well, thanks, man. Thanks for playing." <laughs> his his death is extremely satisfying, by the way.
1: Oh, tremendously! It's odd on Game of Thrones. Usually, usually in stories and movies and shows and stuff, you're traumatized by death. Game of Thrones is one of the few shows where you actually start cheering for some of these deaths. <laughs> it's pretty.
0: It's pretty bad. And we aren't going to spoil anything beyond season one, but I know in future episodes here we are going to be discussing how excited we were when X character dies. So, but Very much so. in season one, Viserys gets killed. Uh, episode six, Golden Crown. Love it. Yeah, we will be talking about that more going uh, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, he's just he's obsessed with fighting the war. He wants to go and go into battle because uh, he's kind of constantly looking up to Rhaegar as a warrior. And we find out from kind of multiple people, even, you know, Jorah, Rhaegar wasn't really a warrior. He, um, you know, he was, he fought and he was good at fighting, but that's not the only thing he was good at. Uh, so, yeah. Right. right. Well, just, and you also, one thing to note between both Joffrey and is that
1: they're, they're just desperate to, uh, to have others recognize their power, but deep down, like, I mean, if you put a sword in their hand, they would lose to pretty much anybody in a fight. Uh, they, only, they only possess power if other people took a look at them and say, yeah, you are pretty strong. They're not like Ned or Rob, Robert Baratheon who could take things, or even, you know, the Hounds or the Cleganes, uh, or shoot, even Bronn, who could kill you if you looked at him funny. You know, men who take power. Um, I mean, Viserys is just so, he's so darn insecure that it just it brings out all of his terrible qualities much in the same way it does choppery.
0: Oh completely. I Can't can't agree more on that. Those two deserved each other, man. Too bad. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Too bad. <laughs> um all right, so let's I just wanna jump now uh to slightly slightly different topic, but uh, within all these episodes we have talked about, you know, characters dying, and Game of Thrones is known for the... Especially people who don't really know much about Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is known for being surprising and, and killing off various characters. So, uh, Eric, what moment was most shocking to you within those first ten episodes?
1: Well, I won't go too far into this one because we're going to... spoil alert, we'll talk about this later. But my... I mean, hands down for me, most shocking moment is for anybody who had never read the books and didn't know what was going to happen, when you have, in the second to last episode of the season, you have, uh, it's understood that Ned, he knows the truth, Cersei knows the truth, Varys, Varys has convinced Ned, look, just, when you get up there, just think about your family. Just say that you, you, for, you surrender, that you lied, and Cersei will let you take the black, and Joffrey will listen. And right there, he gets up there, and he basically tells everyone that he's been a traitor, and Joffrey instead says, Traitors must be killed. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, what? what, what what's gone on?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, that's when I first actually jumped into Game of Thrones because I just assumed it was going to be standard. Like, oh, we know how this is going to end, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) And, and to make this even, even worse is you, I mean, if you're on the bandwagon of, you know, going along with the flow, thinking the Starks are the heroes of the story. The scene immediately before it, you have in the Lannister camp, they're in the middle of the night, they wake up in the morning to see that Rob Stark has come and captured the North, and they've captured Jamie Lannister.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you have, so you have the epic high of,
1: oh my gosh, the Kingslayer, like one of the top three swordsmen in the whole realm, he's captured, great, and then you flash forward to King's Landing, or flash south to King's Landing. And you get Joffrey just turning really the whole show into, oh no, this isn't just another war and blood and gut series. This is, I don't even know, but I got to keep watching. because it, It's awesome and it's terrible.
0: Oh, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, yeah, that's, the, the problem with that, with season one, is it kind of all builds up into, into that, that moment in episode nine. um and I don't know as much as I once again I did like the watching the first season again but now that I kind of knew what was going to happen it was more of like we're prepping for this massive moment um bam I I really enjoyed that that moment with your boy Joffrey once again your favorite character obviously (laughs)
1: obviously my favorite character
0: um but no alright so You know my most shocking moment, um, because we haven't we haven't talked about Danny as much in our first two categories. So I got to go with when she comes out with the dragons out of the uh, fire. Um, What what's what was it? What's it called? The what she makes the fire? uh, Like it's like like a pyre. Pyre. Uh, Pyre. Thank you. yeah, when, when she comes Thank out of the you. pyre with a with the three dragons. I mean, that's incredible. And you're like, oh my gosh. Like, I knew she was going to have dragons, but I remember watching the scene, and I'm like, all right, this ain't going to end well. <laughs> oh, no. Ned just well, died. And, also,
1: and... and she's, I mean, she's a, it, it's so terribly sad beforehand, too, because yeah. she's, uh, you know, with the witch, how basically the witch takes her, her husband and her unborn son, and she's, you know, her, her husband, Caldro comes back to life, but he's, he's a vegetable. He's nothing. So, she has to kill him, suffocate him, burn his body, because they have to, if you don't burn the, uh, the Dothraki, they don't get to ride forever with their, with their Kalisar. Uh, so she's doing in that honor, and then she's got to burn this witch lady, and then she walks into the fire
0: to be with her dead husband, like, crazy yeah and i love when uh she says what did my son's death give me and it's it's drogo just like you say he's a vegetable and they're like he seems to enjoy it in the sun i mean it's so sad and uh what the death ended up getting her though was three dragons which i mean that that hadn't been done in hundreds of years three full-size dragons mind you uh-huh uh, so, I man, I, I thought that scene was really awesome, especially first time I watched it. So, uh, What moment, though, for you was most frustrating? Because um, there were a lot of those, where a character just acted in a way where, looking back, or even in the moment, we're here just saying, what are you doing? Why are we doing this?
1: Oh, you know, I- I've got a great one. Um, it's when Ned Stark, he's got, we've alluded to this before, but he's got no tact. He he sees the truth. He knows what he's gonna do. He tells his enemies what he's gonna do, <laughs> and basically tells them, "I'm gonna shoot you in the chest. Make sure you wear a chest plate to try to block this arrow." Uh, like so, he goes and tells Cersei, "I know the truth. I'm gonna make you hang for this, and you're gonna have to answer to this." And he, he's done, he's done the worst possible thing imaginable. Actually, telling your enemy. That's the whole point in Game of Thrones. You can't tip your hand at all. Um, but later on in episode seven, Renly, one of the King's Guard, or um, one of the small council at the time, he tries to persuade Ned to let him arm him with all the Baratheon men, which you learn there's like 100,000 men, something
0: crazy. Yeah, he basically um, says, hey, let me get you 100 men within the next hour. That way you can go into the throne room. Take a seat, and now you have a hundred men around you.
1: Right, which yeah. is genius, which is yeah. great, and you can imagine that would have been a pretty great union, honestly, with the younger Baratheon and the, the one that they actually like, and the Starks teamed up would be better. But Ned, he's uh you know he's bound to do the honor and line of succession, so he's like, no, Stannis should get the throne, and instead he. He rejects his offer. And what do you know? Because of that, then he runs into the throne room right away. And he's got nobody behind him.
0: Yeah, he thinks, ba- and then well, we will get to that in, in a second uh, with Baelish. Um, but yeah, and then he assumes, he assumes the best. Let's still we'll say that. Um, speaking of frustrating moments, not only a boy, Ned, who completely screws up that whole incident. Um, I want to bring up Catelyn, his wife. I mean, she goes into... First off, so their son Bran was pushed out of a window. And they're trying to figure out who did it. And they find out that there's an assassin hired to kill Bran afterwards. Basically, to keep him quiet. And the knife belonged to, according to Littlefinger, uh, Peter Baelish. uh, It belonged to Tyrion, who is the dwarf. And Catelyn... Because, you know she's, been know, she's knows Peter for so long. Decides just to take his word for it, not ask too many questions there. And decides to go arrest him in a pub. I, You know, just one of the most,
1: uh, yeah, and she's very persuasive in it. She calls, she tells everybody, it's, a, it's like if you're going to, if you want somebody to do something for you, you butter them up and say that, yep. you know, I really appreciate what you do. You're a man of your worth. You're
0: a man who's willing to help. And now I need you to do this. Well, and what I Basically, don't... Basically <laughs> Right. And, and just to give everyone, make sure everyone knows, what this does is this triggers then the Lannisters to hate the Starks because they've stolen one of their own and put one in, in chains, essentially. Uh-huh. So in King's Landing, the repercussions are Ned's men get killed the next episode by Lannister men. Uh-huh. And, you know, Robert can't keep it, you know, can't give him any more protection. It's just, it's an absolute disaster from every way you look at it. And then at the end, uh, Tyrion ends up escaping, quote unquote, the king's justice. So, I mean, this was all for nothing. Uh, and these Northerners, Northern men are now just dead, uh, mainly because of Jamie. And it, it was just a complete and Total disaster, from one end to the other, and then Ned, of course, caps it all off with his, with his honor and duty. <laughs> Gosh, I
1: mean, you know, the two of them—they're like two peas in a pod. Oh, you know, honestly. <laughs> um, Ned. Ned's sorry. no good at plotting. You know, keeping secrets and plotting, and Catelyn's no good at being a jailer.
0: No, they aren't. So to. to just pivot now into that. we both agreed. Um, for everyone who's watched this, uh, the show Baylor is the uh, episode nine, and that's the one where Ned uh, officially is killed. And Joffrey says, "Sir Ellen, bring me his head." Uh, we both agreed that that was the best episode, right? Hands down. And just to touch on that one, uh, and Eric, I know I know you really like that episode. So not only does Ned die, but Ned is persuaded by Varys, and and. Uh, Sansa, the previous episode, but in that time, Varys basically tells Ned, your daughter has asked that, you know, for them to be merciful if you go out and just and just lie and say Joffrey is the one true king. Uh-huh. And like you said, they've promised that they're gonna send you to the Night's Watch. Cersei's not gonna kill you. Like a, a basically a a weak wolf is better than a dead one. Or a wounded wolf. Yeah, so you know They're going to send you to the wall. You can be with John. You'll figure it out from there. Um, and then, of course, Ned ends up admitting that Joffrey's the rightful king, which isn't true. Joffrey says, It doesn't matter what anyone else has said, I'm king. I'm going to kill him. Uh, but the episode has other moments which really stick out as well. Uh, so, one, I want to just say the Danny uh, moment where basically they do the blood sacrifice in the temple. Or in the Net Temple and the uh hut. Um, I mean that's really cool special effects, but also she ends up killing both Drogo and her baby and not listening to Jorah. Now, we also have talked about John previously, but uh, Eric, I know that episode's a big moment for John. You wanna go into that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean there it kind of plays into the episode before where uh you have it's your first it's not your first instance with the White Walker, but it's John's first encounter with the White Walker, and he's got to effectively save the Lord Commander and yeah burns the White Walker to death. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of interesting at Castle so Black because they start um, you know they start sending off uh, you know people to each different or they have already set them off as you're going to be a uh, you're going to be a ranger. You're going to be a steward. You're going to be this. Um, yeah, but he gets he gets the sword. The that was origin from Lord Commander Mormon. Those are really originally meant for Jorah, um, and it's made of Valyrian steel. Uh, so he he gets that. Um, yeah, Sam tells John that Rob has decided to run off to war, um, and he feels regret for not being at his side. Um, you learn some other
0: facts about other characters who are there at Castle Black, but I'll wait to save that for later. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean it's it's interesting
1: because I mean, with Jon Snow, it's really in order to wrap your head around where he's at mentally, imagine you've gone off to college, you're in your first year, you have no no car, you're far away, it's kind of expensive to get home and things just start happening here. Uh, at least in your family, let's say, you know, parent loses job, uh, grandparent dies, uh, siblings aren't doing so hot. And you're just saying all this stuff is happening, but there's nothing you can do except just focus on what you got to do. And, but all the while you can't focus because you're worrying about what's going on.
0: Yes. And I think that's a good, I, I, I think you're exactly right, man. Um, because with John's case and I, I like where you're going with this. Uh, he's, Brother, well, you know, half brother he thinks, uh, Rob is currently in a bit of a situation where he goes and he's now made an agreement with Walder Frey that he's going to marry one of his daughters. Yeah, poor and, poor Rob. Yes, and then he gets to and which, you know, by the way, guys, if if you don't know about Walder Frey's daughters, it's probably for the best. <laughs> that yeah. whole family is Let's put it this way, Walder Frey, the the lord, is Argus Filch, the same actor. So imagine if that guy created 20 plus children, and then they all created children. I mean, we aren't talking about a great gene pool here. <laughs>
1: I mean, think of it, think of it this way, Walder Frey has the benefit of having the river nearby and all the food that Seven Kingdoms can provide, and... His family is still vastly uglier than Craster <laughs> and all of his daughters/slash wives.
0: Oh, so true. Uh, but then John, so John, uh, I'm sorry, John. Rob is able to cross. And why don't you talk about the military? Because I know Tyrion at the same time is about to go into the vanguard with his tribesmen.
1: It's amazing. So with Rob, it's very interesting. They had cap- previously captured a spy, a Lannister spy. And rather than killing him like everyone else wanted him to do, he said, go back to Taiwan and tell him we have 20,000 men marching on your army. So he does that, and they he reaches this agreement with Walder. Uh, you don't hear him actually officially say he's going to reach the agreement. It just ends with that Rob must marry one of Walder's daughters, and then we skip on. Uh, but basically... George's way of telling all of us that Rob accepted the deal and was able to go through the the Trident, which is huge because that's the only way you can march south, is we get to the Lannister camp and we see Tyrion, Bronn, and Shay. They're doing their drinking game, and then they wake up to Northmen attacking. And oddly enough, (laughs) surprise, surprise, the real force wasn't actually going after Tywin. They only sent 2,000 men after him the real force, the 18,000 men, were going elsewhere to attack and capture Jamie Lannister.
0: Yep. And to free up uh, River Run, which is Catelyn's homeland. Because um, mm-hmm. there was a siege being laid to River Run. So, yeah, which, I mean, very, very smart uh, strategy and tactics employed by the young wolf. Yeah,
1: especially considering if he lived in the U.S., he wouldn't be old enough to drive yet
0: in the show he's like in his 20s in all fairness that's fair in the book he's, like 15 yeah i love the books uh, Well, we won't talk too much about the books here but imagine everyone in the show and then imagine them like 10 years younger and that's pretty much what it is for the for the books like john yeah, much. john and robert are like 14 15 danny's like 13 when she gets married you're like oh my gosh <laughs> sansa's 11 12 I think she's 12. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so with that in mind, though, uh, we, we know that Baylor is the best episode. We do have just a few things, though, to say about two, we thought, sneaky good episodes. Uh, my sneaky good episode was the Golden Crown. Uh, overall, it's, it moves the plot forward a lot. That's a, a lot of times when people get frustrated with Game of Thrones, it's because the plot doesn't move as fast as they want. Well, they can't complain about it with the Golden Crown because we see Ned finds out that all Baratheons have brown hair – or brown and black hair. Black hair. That's it. So, and the Lannisters all have golden hair. So every child who's born Baratheon has had black hair for hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, Joffrey and his siblings have blonde hair. So Ned finds out, oh, these aren't his kids. So the rightful heir is his oldest brother, Stannis, um, because these kids are born out of incest. Uh, so the queen, l- lose-lose there for her. Uh, at the same time, we have Tyrion uh, does a trial by combat in the Eyrie, where he has a sword named Bronn, who we actually get to know for most of the series, which is great. Uh, he ends up... T- Bronn is awesome.
1: If you haven't yeah. spent too much time looking about him, dude's hilarious.
0: So, guys... He honestly helps you out a lot in uh, later seasons when it's kind of like a tense moment. He'll just throw a one-liner in, and you're like, oh, perfect. Uh, but even in season one, he's great for that. So he goes and saves Tyrion, wins a trial by combat, and then Tyrion's out. Uh, and then my favorite storyline is Danny uh, ends up at the, like, Das Kalisar. Um, and that's where the scene, you know, all the different... Tribes of Dothraki are, and uh, she eats this heart, which is a uh, horse heart, which is very disgusting. Just even watching it was really gross. I uh. cool. couldn't. <laughs> I was ready to puke just watching that. Right? If, you,
1: <laughs> right? if you don't have a strong stomach, don't watch,
0: Don't yeah. watch it. Skip past, like, you got ten seconds, can. It takes about a minute, and you're done. Uh, but then her brother, Viserys, comes in and demands an army. And the one thing is you don't want to have any weaponry there. So he demands an army and pulls out a, a knife and a sword and is really angry. And uh, her husband, Caldrogo, says, if you want a crown, like, I'll give you a crown. Because that's all I, and he says, oh, that's all I want. And they melt gold because no blood is supposed to be shed at, uh, at the location. They melt gold and put it on his head. <laughs> so, I mean, no blood is technically shed, but my guy uh, died in a pretty brutal fashion. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, we, don't,
1: we don't typically condone rooting for deaths, but in this case, I'd say this is probably <laughs> the first death that we were genuinely rooting for.
0: Uh, yeah, Dami's line is great in there, where she says, he was no dragon. Uh, yeah, she says, fire cannot kill a dragon. Like Exactly, exactly. So, uh, Eric, what was your uh, favorite episode, um, sneaky favorite episode?
1: So oh, mine, hands down, is the next one right afterwards, episode seven, you win or you die. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing because you start off you have Jamie and Tywin where he where he the first words you he ever hear out of Tywin's mouth was attacking Ned Stark was stupid. The Lannisters are not stupid. Yeah. To Jamie. And meanwhile he's taking the skin off an elk. So he's just he's boss. He's the Vito Corleone.
0: Hey, you know what? Incredible. We'll say maybe he's taking it off of a stag.
1: (laughs) Oh. Yes. Oh, man. The foreshadowing there. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Gosh, yeah. But it's incredible. You get... uh, Surprise, surprise. You get my favorite quote from Cersei. I won't. I won't tell that quote yet. Um, You get Ned confronting Cersei, saying, I know the truth. And Cersei's like, well great. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And you get, I mean, you get some great dialogue with Peter and Ned. Um, And then you hear Peter being asked, Oh, what do you want my Lord? He goes, Oh, everything. And it's just, it's just sneaky there. He's like, you know, something's brewing in this episode.
0: Um, Robert dies. Yeah. Robert dies. He makes, he makes Ned be in
1: charge, sign a piece of paper. Surprise, surprise. It's not going to do much later on. Um, yeah. This is the part, and this is the episode, two where you hear John saying, uh, or John learns here that he's, instead of becoming a ranger, he's going to be instead made a steward for Lord Mormon. Um, and it, it's hilarious because John, and the last little thing about this is that there's so much in this episode. My favorite little part it's where John he' had this weight of expectation of being a ranger. he goes, "I always wanted to be a ranger, and Sam goes, "Well, I always wanted to be a wizard
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and John's acting like a child the whole time. that's what I love about it he's he's, he's like, you know um am I to scrub his like uh, you know am I to change scrub the bench? chamber pot? Thank you, man. um uh, I was dying. I always laugh at that line because uh, he's so bitter. <laughs> And oh, Sam basically it's, it's tells hilarious. him, hey, idiot, you're going, you're going to be working with the Lord Commander. He wants you to, to work with him so you can learn to lead one day. And then John's like, oh, okay. I like this.
1: Yeah. For, for a Northern Lord, he's not all that bright.
0: No, no. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. yeah you know, episode. And, and, and that's all that, without
1: even talking about the, the, the episode where the city watches betrays Ned and he confronts Joffrey and the Lannisters in the throne room and he gets taken captive. I mean, if there's ever a moment in Ned's life where he's realized he's just blown it and he should have just shut his mouth, kept his life and gone back up to the north, it's right when he's got all of his men being killed in the throne room and you get Peter Littlefinger Baelish coming out of his throat with a knife and saying, I did want you not to trust me.
0: (laughs) And then nothing. Yeah, poor Ned he He gets beat up a lot in this first season, uh and we I think we've chronicled it pretty well so far, and with only a few categories left uh Eric, what was your favorite Easter egg from this season?
1: yeah, so this is a little one that has implications for probably not the next couple of seasons, but really has greater implications for later on in the show uh when you have john is he, he's heard just you know, all the struggles about Rob going off to war, and he feels like he needs to leave. He, he knows he said the words, but he's like, no, my family's under battle, uh, or under siege, rather. And uh, he's talking to Maester Aemon, and John just won't listen, because he's like, how do you want, how can you possibly understand what I'm going through? And Aemon starts talking about his his father, Micah, and saying his, his uh, you know, his brother, and then starts talking about Aerys and John goes wait who are you? and he's like yes I'm the last Targaryen or you know not not the last but yeah basically he was there when all that happened and he was there on the wall when the city was sacked and Aerys was overthrown and he basically says no John, I understand everything that you're going through and he doesn't tell him what to do he's just he just does to emphasize the weight of his vision and not to take it lightly, and that he's going to live with it
0: forever. Yep, and uh, I love the line where he delivers there, where he's talking about what is you know what is honor to you know being held by the person that you love, mm-hmm. and what you know what is duty when you can be surrounded by your family, and it really. It really touches, I guess, especially in that those moments with uh, with Ned, you know, because he's in prison, and that's kind of the arg- argument with him is, what are these things if you can't be there, f- you know, and take care of your loved ones? Um, yeah, the great quote, uh, or great Easter egg, rather. Uh, and overall, Mr. Raymond, oh. I mean, he's he's the best, but guys, guys, a great great character throughout the series. Um, but yeah, so uh, my Easter egg was just the. Episode two, uh, we get the King's Road and John and Ned split and Ned says, you may not have my name, but you have my blood. Next time I see, we see each other, I'll talk to you about your mother. And then Robert is kind of goading Ned and saying, who is the woman that you got knocked up and brought John back with? What was her name? She's was like, Kitchen Witch, you know. And Ned's like, you know, stop it. Uh, and, you know, kind of cuts him off quickly. And we find out, this is spoiler alert for the entire series, everyone. Um, the entire series. It turns out that it's Leanna, who's <laughs> John's mom. And Robert is making fun of the woman that he loves his entire life. And Ned is sitting there with the secret and is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, By the way. Yeah. That's, it's amazing
1: how long it takes for them to really come back to that.
0: Eric. Yeah, honestly, like it, from second episode all the way to uh, I mean the 60th with the end of season six. So, mm-hmm. uh, but overall, Eric. So we've got we've gone over a lot here, uh, broken down season one. I thought you know in a way that now we know everyone's favorite character. We have got all the pieces are in play, right? So season one ends now. What family is in the best position moving forward? Into season two. Well, there's really only one answer here, and I think we can both agree on that: that it it's the Lannisters,
1: hundred percent.
0: Jamie being captured is the only thing that went wrong for them.
1: That's really the only. Yeah, that's really the only thing. But even then, the start of the uh, the Lannisters can counteract that by saying, "Well, we still have Sansa, and we still have Arya." Like, not really, but yeah, yeah, they're at a.
0: They're on a standstill still with that. Exactly. Uh yeah, they like they have a prisoner of their own, so they can't you know they can't just kill Jamie. Um, and then they also have dying Throne. I mean Cersei's whispering in Joffrey's ear. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, I agree. Now, I mean Tyrion also escaped uh escaped imprisonment and in typical Tyrion fashion, uh ends up making a lot of great points to his father. And then gets promoted to be Hand of the King, which leads to an incredible second season. I will say. Uh mm-hmm. huh. We
1: will not give away too much, but we are big fans of Tyrion as Hand of
0: the King. Yes, it's uh, it's really fun. We've got we have a lot to break down. In another episode, in the next episode here, but uh, yeah, Tyrion does he does a great job in this season of establishing himself as um, a very competent character. And a resourceful one. Uh, I mean, he's able to convince the Hill tribes to not kill him and to come together and work with him and join the Lannisters.
1: 100%. He's a lot more than just the the half-man or the, the self-described uh, phrase about him when he says, I drink and I know
0: things. <laughs> exactly. He knows, a lot of, he knows a lot of things. He does. He's very, very uh, well, well-versed well as well in... A, books and literature and things like that so i'm i'm really i'm really excited actually about talking about season two with him so let's move let's just end this episode (laughs) Uh, but we i want to just touch with you eric we have different people for who we thought played the game the best and who we thought played the game the worst so let's start off with the best um who do you want to give your uh who do you want to give the iron throne to for season one
1: well, I hate to admit it, but you got to give it to Cersei Lannister. I mean, she's—you know, she's just look at her her track record. She's uh, she managed to get John Arryn killed, you know, in order to save her secret. Uh, well, first off, she manages—I don't know—you know—in Game of Thrones, apparently, it's okay to do it with your siblings. But she has her fun with Jamie. She gets rid of John Arryn. Uh, she gets rid of a husband that she doesn't like. Uh, her kid takes the throne. She gets rid of Ned, who's going to spill the beans, but he doesn't. He he. he she has control over Sansa and Arya now.
0: Uh, well, yeah, well Sansa, Sansa officially.
1: Yeah, officially. Yeah, yeah, she has Sansa. As far as everybody else knows, they have they have Arya too. But she's just made power move after power move and you know she's been she's been playing chess while Ned's been playing checkers.
0: Yep. And yep. Well well said. Uh um uh, because he manages to manipulate the circumstances to what he wants. And yeah. now he's in even better graces with the Lannisters. Joffrey I'm we can assume Joffrey probably trusts him completely because he just gave him Ned Stark. Certainly. And you know, this is only going to bode well for the Master of Coin. Uh, who played the game the worst? Oh. We beat up on I Ned a lot, and I want to say that. So we have beat up on Ned a ton. So do we want to pick someone different?
1: Well, yeah, and the problem is with Ned is he just he just doesn't realize what game he's playing until it's too late. Uh, you know, he does make some moves to try to get people on his side, so I, I, I can't give him an A for effort because he lost, but... Uh, for as far as being the absolute worst, we're just going to go to with with the Yeah. just because for reasons mentioned earlier, we hate him. He has (laughs) one of the, one of of the creepiest scenes where he says in the very first episode, um, it's like the first meeting with Danny and Zerus where he's trying to rule and you clearly see that he doesn't care at all about Danny. He's just selling her off to the Dithraki for an army and he says, I would let all 40,000 men, you know, excerpt, you know, take out the bleep there, you, if that's what it took. <laughs> like, it, 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 he's talking about his sister there, and, like, what? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. But, so, but he's terrible. I mean, he's insecure that Danny's, you know, basically more respected with Dothraki than him. He tries to get little moves to steal things and get more into power and like I mean they might as well just kick him to the curb.
0: Uh, so it was very fitting that he died, but he he played the game terribly. Agreed. Um, yeah, I've and I've spoken about him. I I hate him. I agree with that. I mean, I remember Danny shows up and gives him like clothes, and he's like, "I'm not wearing these Dothraki rags," and he's expecting to lead these people into battle. Come on, man. Right. It's like, yeah, it's dude just has no idea what he's doing. No, he's so clueless. He thinks they're just going to follow him because of his name, and they don't care about his name. I just, yeah. Well, not to pick on him anymore, uh, I want to pick my guy who played the game worst, I thought was uh, Bobby B, Robert Baratheon. <laughs> <laughs> you know Robert just he loved, he starts this war to get back his his future wife the person he loves Leanna he doesn't get her and you just see him now i mean he doesn't care he's he's sleeping with a lot of different women um, he doesn't care about his wife he doesn't he doesn't care about the realm he cares more about tournaments and he he was a great warrior we find But he wasn't a very practical king. And he just kind of let everyone else do whatever they wanted because he didn't really want this kingdom. uh Uh Like, if Leanna was there with him, I think things would have been a million times different, but she wasn't. So, Robert... should have cut a wetter. Yeah, he played the game and he lost because the boar killed him. So the boar probably should have won her Iron Throne for killing the king. (laughs) Or the wine, yeah. Yeah. It's always the wine. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, great. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Um, Great episode. I know we're going to be doing some more going forward here. We're going to be doing episode two soon um everyone make sure to say you know subscribe rate review uh and then check us out offscriptonline.com. we do have the great article on theon here today make sure to read it uh, let us know what you think and then subscribe to our newsletter and we're going to be sending out starting in march uh first week in march because that's when captain marvel comes out we're going to be sending out some weekly newsletters uh letting you guys know about all the different stuff we have so really exciting stuff we're uh, you know we want to just keep Keep up the momentum and keep going. We got Infinity War coming out soon. Eric, I know you're going to go see Infinity War, or Endgame, sorry.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to see it when it first comes out, and I'm going to see it again when the Discout Movie Theater in Richmond comes out with
0: a $4 ticket. Perfect. I love that philosophy. It's great. but yeah is gonna be fantastic and we have a lot of great content coming to you guys with Game of Thrones uh, and all these different movies so make sure to stay tuned uh, Eric anything you want to say before we sign off
1: our watch is just beginning
0: oh look at you well done well played so thank you guys for listening and uh, until next <laughs> time